Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Rebreak Radio. My name is Dennis, as usual, and today I'm joined by two new people. We got uh, Oscar. Hi guys! So, uh, I'll, we'll give the introductions later. And then we got Freya. Hi! So, uh, Oscar, who are you? Hello, I'm the uh, teacher here at Indie Games Education, where uh, Dennis is a student. And uh, I'm mainly in charge of just uh, making sure the plays don't burn down. Uh, other than that, I'm a big fan of more of the, uh, well, fittingly enough, indie games. And uh, right now, uh, I think one of my favorites is um, something like, um, oh God, what's the name of that one? <laughs> this is not good. Um, and the card game thing. Which one? Oh, <laughs> oh God! Magic? No, not that one. Hot well, Star. I do like board games as well. Uh, the um, the one where you are um, deck building while you're going through a dungeon. I uh, think I think I know it, but I can't name it right now. Oh. Okay, so copyright read, not <laughs> no, I don't. It's like Slay the Spire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Slay the yeah. Spire. Um, it's one of my favorites right now because I like the mixing of traditional and more like roguelike elements and like a board game. Element. What's your favorite game of all time? <sighs> That's really hard. Um, I do have a like uh, Symphony of the Night is of course like a, a huge inspiration. I love the more. Uh, uh, roguelikes and metroidvanias is sort of my favorite genres, probably. So that one has a near and dear place to my heart. Cool. So Freya, who yeah. are you? Uh, yeah, hi. Um, I'm Freya, uh, and I am one of Dennis' classmates. But I also uh, work within a few uh, gaming projects as of the moment. Uh, I usually make art for them because that's the one thing I'm really good at. Um, This is the well first video game podcast I've ever been on. So I never really discussed video games before on a podcast. Um, what's it, your what's your favorite game of all time? My favorite game of all time is not the best game I know, and it's not the most influential game I know, but it would be um, Mother Two Earthbound mm. would be my favorite one. But uh, good pick. That's yeah. a good game. Most influential one, I would say uh, that at least the most influential one for the last 10 years would be Minecraft. Cool. I don't really hear anyone say it's their favorite game of all time. Mm. That's interesting. Cool. Um, so let's. Uh, today we're going to talk about the state of play and indie world, which just happened. Uh, by the time this episode is out, the Game Awards will have happened, but we're going to talk about that in the next episode, so chill the fuck out. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's start with uh, State of Play, because it technically happened first. So, uh, what did you guys think about the, the presentation? Well, I think they did a good job. I mean, in general, most of the games were interesting, and they showed some of the, I know, the, like the fan favorites that people wanted to see. So I think they, they did a good job. Uh, I'm really happy with the uh, with the indie one, uh, especially since I saw a lot of games that I really enjoyed. But when it came to the presentation of it all, I think that 
it shows, sadly, that a lot of the indie games are not... Uh, the people that worked on the actual trailer setup is not that as professional as they perhaps are within the games industry. Um, I think that a few animations still look a bit yank in some of the games, but I think that the the PlayStation 1 was a little bit better. Cool. So uh, the biggest announcement in the state of play was probably Resident Evil 3. Uh, even though it was leaked beforehand, um, like as I said while we were watching it, like I haven't played Resident Evil. I played like a little bit of Resident Evil Revelations, the demo on 3DS. Yeah. But I even get chills in that trailer because it's just cool. Yeah. Like um, I, I mean, I've obviously like, like heard people talk about like Nemesis and and like last or this year with Resident Evil Two and everyone's talking about that. Like, it's just it's just a cool trailer. Uh, it's weird that they chose to go with a first-person viewport in 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 the start of the trailer, even though yeah. it, it, it I, I'm assuming they're following Resident Evil 2's uh, over the show yeah. from yeah, which is uh, from four on on Resident Evil. What is it? It's not six and it's not seven. What is it? The one the first the the first four? one yeah that they chose to start making it first person shooter. that was seven oh, that was seven mm-hmm. yeah so they keep on going by that train because that game sold like a lot uh, mm-hmm. compared to the one before which people thought was really bad um, mm-hmm. and then when they were gonna make a remake for two uh, they went like yeah maybe we should keep keep on doing that thing that works and then they, they were like no let's just do like four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, but I think four was a good like a good midway point between like the more traditional like super scary just slow pace kind of mm. tra- like uh, Resident Evils and the more like fast paced action ones. Then they sort of went too much the other way. But I think in general, um, I, I like the more like snug over the shoulder camera, um, especially for uh, for me that's easily motion sick and stuff. I have an easier time playing those games than the mm. full FPS ones. Yeah. I think it's a bit more spiritually connected to Resident Evil as well, to actually see your character, mm-hmm. uh, because it usually allows you to look behind yourself while you are running away from the big scary thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if I am not able to see Nemesis when he's running after me down a corner, mm-hmm. well, slowly, intimidatingly walking down the corridor mm-hmm. uh, whilst I am running away because I know that I won't be able to beat that guy, then it kind of takes away a bit from it, according to me. Yeah. So I think it's interesting this very quick turnaround after the Resident Evil 2 remake, especially because I believe the original Resident Evil 3 was also a quick turnaround from Resident Evil 2. Oh, because the game, re- the, re- the game reuses a lot of assets from 2. Yeah. So uh, 3 probably reuses assets from the remake of 2. <laughs> very, very like spiritually, in the spirit of the thing then. So yeah. that's good. But yeah, I think it's, it's smart as well. Like, very, very different from the remake of Majora's Mask, which took like three years <laughs> instead yep, of yep. like... Uh, like uh, 14 months or whatever it was for the N64. Yep. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's interesting and I think it's a smart decision as well since people are, well, you see that they're, like the new thing about reimagining or releasing more like high-def versions, I think it's a, it's a good way of, of get, getting new customers but also gain, like having the nostalgia factor be mm. a big draw to the game. So it's sort of like you get 
to you get both aspects. Yeah, I really like this uh, this approach to remaking a game because if the game already exists, then why make it again? Yeah. Uh, and in this case, it's like oh, we're able to like give like influence something new, create something new rather than just remake the game. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool, but at the same time, it's also like why not make something entirely new? So it's like. It's in this very weird gray area, even though it's kind of cool. So. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's a super, for me, it's a super slippery slope, for example, because I know that, uh, for example, the, the most the most talked about one or the most hot potato one for me is, for example, the Final Fantasy VII remake, mm. where you have, like, me as the more, well, the one that's going to buy it based on nostalgia factor rather than, like, coolness. I'm really afraid that I'm going to do, like, the Advent Children of it all and like remove all of the charisma and like cool small stuff that they've been like that was there in the game that made the game what it is mm. and instead do the more like super serious scream dark kind of a situation if there's no bathroom scene yeah i'm gonna be disappointed i want cloud to ride on a dolphin yes or i'm out yes yeah so but but it's the same thing with those things. Like you have to tread. Uh, I think you have to tread carefully because there's always a danger to either anger the current fans or to just make it so that it's not appealing to a new crowd. Which both of them would probably be not a great thing. But mm-hmm. I think so far it seems that Resident Evil is doing it the right way. Yeah, I think what what Resident Evil Two did really well is that they took a game. Uh, that already existed, and then they slapped Resident Evil 4 on it, which is the game that everyone loves more yeah. than anything. I haven't played it, but I like. I don't. I I want to play it, but at the same mm. time, I don't want to play it because I feel like I'm going to disappoint, be disappointed because people hold that game onto what seems like an unrealistic standard. Yeah, I mean, as, the biggest thing uh, I played it when it came out, and the biggest thing I will say is that so many games have used and like expanded upon the things that 4 did mm. so playing it now for the first time would be like yeah this is an inferior version of God of War it's an inferior version of this and this and this because mm. it influenced so much of like it's it's yeah so it's more like it's Lord of the, the same thing I have with Lord of the Rings for example it's like me personally I read a lot of other fancy stuff before I read Lord of the Rings which means that for me it was slow plodding and like not enough fast-paced action or whatever. Mm. Uh, so I, I didn't really like Lord of the Rings when I read it. You didn't get a, get any big chunks to bite into no, or no. any fiery moments. You did a bit too slow. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, 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 it could be like the same thing. If you, if you go back to something that was sort of like the instigator for a thing, then it sort of is probably a little bit of a... Let down. Yeah, I had that experience when I watched uh, the original Blade Runner mm. uh, because I wanted to see 2049. Yeah. So I watched the original Blade Runner and I did not like it whatsoever uh, yeah. because that was an, in- an incredibly influential movie. Yeah. And I feel like everything, like most of the things that I saw, that I've seen before that, which, inf- which was influenced by Blade Runner. I liked more yeah. than, than I did that movie. So Yeah, I think it's a dangerous thing, especially like in, in the games industry stuff, when you have like, um, when, when you sort of have too much of a roast into the glasses for things that were, because like, yeah, they did a good thing by sort of introducing the thing, but then it's been built on so much. So it's like, um, it's, it's not 
it's not current anymore. Mm. It's it was a it was a great thing that it happened, but actually going back and playing it is not maybe the best idea. In this era of uh, remakes, in not only uh, not only the gaming industry, but also in anything, um, the comics industry is doing it. The movie industry is doing it. The TV show industry is doing it. Everything is just making remakes of all things. Mm. I'm not saying that everyone is only making remakes mm. of all things, but I think that there's a positive and a negative about it. You can change the big old problems that you had back in the day. You can also just ignore the limitations that you had. Mm. Uh, but according to me, I like to see new things that are cool and I am not that easily dragged in mm. by the nostalgia factor. Mm. But I do realize that it's a massive marketing thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, that's, that's why I like The Last Jedi more than The Force Awakens. Mm. That's why I like uh, Revenge of the Sith more than The Force Awakens because The Force Awakens mm. feels like a remake of A New Hope yeah. while The Last Jedi and even Revenge of the Sith are like... They do something different and yeah. they try to be something else. Yeah, and I, but I think it's, it's like, but that's also like within a franchise because yeah. I think that's the thing that I think is dangerous or why people aren't maybe as adventurous sometimes is that, for example, from my point of view, as a parent, as someone who has limited time, is that sometimes you want the nostalgia, you want to know what you're getting because yeah. if you're going to spend like one, one of the hours or two hours of your life that you have like set out or set aside for this activity then you mm. sort of want to know that you're getting your your time worth oh in yeah in a sense and i think if you have if you if, if you're uh, for example when i was in in university in university or stuff then i had more like okay now i can now i can like it doesn't really matter although i was some of the movies I watched was still like I was really angry that I watched them, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it's like you have more you have more the ability to mm. take a gamble in that sense. I think that with how it's it's not that it's true, but people seem to be a lot more occupied these days yeah. than before. Uh, since now it's not only your job that is getting in the way; mm -hmm. it's also your social life online. Mm -hmm. Yep. and reading up on things online because you can't just have it in a newspaper anymore. Yeah. Yes. You need and that there's a lot direct of, info. There's a lot of entertainment as mm -hmm. well. So yeah. entertainment blocks other entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. For sure, 100%. Uh, I think that is one of the reasons why, um, why franchising has become such a big thing uh, and why that is slowly starting to leak into everything else. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you know what you're getting. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like a brand. So, yeah. so Resident Evil 3. <laughs> Back to that, yeah. Uh, anyone has anything more to say about that? No, I think it's, it's, it looks cool. It looks yeah. pretty cool. Uh, I mean, it could be it could be pretty cool based on what they have done already with all the mm. remakes. Um, sad to see, and it's not a over-the-shoulder uh, mm -hmm. camera view. No, I think it's... It is. It is. Okay. I think it was just a yeah. weird. That that's the thing. I don't really Under, yeah, know. Yeah. I think it was just like a direction thing. Yeah. In the beginning, I th maybe it was like maybe to reveal uh, what was her name? Jill. 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 Yeah. Maybe to yeah. make her more like a. You don't know what the game is, and then you sort of get the yeah. reveal. Yeah. Okay. I th I think it was also like, oh, could this be Resident Evil Eight? Yeah. Is it three. Like they wanted to really like make people guess like what is this yeah i, I, I think it's going thing, to yeah. yeah i think because of this short turnaround i think they're 
they are reusing everything from two. So I think it's a, it's an over the shoulder yeah. shoot. I I don't know. We'll I yeah. guess we'll see. Yeah, it's coming out April third, twenty twenty. So it's not very far away. With a multiplayer attached. Whew. Yep. Four v one multiplayer. Yeah. Which they are always interesting. Yeah. At least, uh, like, from a design perspective, there's always, like, they, they're so hard to balance, so it's good to see, like, when they actually get one right. It, mm. could, but be we'll see. it could be really fun to see if um, if they actually choose to have the multitude of uh, Nemesis Gene uh, mm. figures pop yeah. up. Like, for example, um, uh, of course, we have Nemesis, uh, which is, you know, the big old tyrant guy. Uh, but we can also have stuff from like Resident Evil, um, Resident Evil Two, and we can have stuff from Resident Evil Four, and a bunch of that stuff. We can have a multitude of weird things that people uh, from the enemy point of view could actually mm-hmm. start to play, and I think that it could be really interesting to see what happens from that. Yeah, and that will be included with Resident Evil Three. So, which I think is a very smart move. Because including it with, with three is a different thing than just making yeah. it free to play. Yep. Uh, because free to play that means someone has to go and download a diff- a separate uh, thing. Yep. While here it's like, I guess it's it will be like, oh, here's the single player multiplayer mode or yep. something like that. And you're like, okay, yeah, I guess I can go. I can try it out. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's that way, and not that you have to download the multiplayer one as a separate game. Mm. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the next game, which was Babylon, uh, Babylon's Fall, which is a new, um, the new game from Platinum. I love Platinum. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked very generic, you know, I was like, the, the, the animation looked weird because he has like multiple swords, so it just yeah. looks like they didn't want to animate the other swords. Yeah, it's, it looks like, weird. Yeah. I mean... It's a platinum game, so I'm always interested. I really like the complex fighting games. Yeah, they're they're really fun. Less, yeah. but for single player structures. Yeah, yeah, and I I think they're they're great. And platinum is like the masters at it. But it's like yeah, I agree with with you that it looks it it looks kind of boring. It doesn't look like a platinum game. Yeah, and it's kind of disappointing in the visual aspect. Yeah, they're usually really out there. Yeah, like really freaking out there. Yeah. I mean, to a sort of disturbing, you know, that weird Japanese thing. Yeah, like, not to be like that, yeah. but... Baby faces. Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and Blowing pe- up your dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It will be that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it seems that they have gone away from that. And that I am happy about. Mm-hmm. However, I need that weird platinum cheese. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That usually comes along with platinum games, because yeah. platinum games are like it's a motorcycle that has a stop yeah. and uh, like one hundred miles per hour. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the only two things that you can have. Yes. Um, and as of now, that games looks like, you know, as you mentioned earlier, Oscar, mm-hmm. off podcast. Yeah. It kind of looks like a bit of Dark Souls-ish thing. Yeah, yeah. And if it is this, you know, corridor simulator sometimes, mm. I would be kind of disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what they have when they announce more gameplay. Mm. So. so do you think this... Because Platinum kind of makes two different games. They, makes, they make like the, the Bayonetta, mm. uh, like more action-focused games. And then they make uh, like the Nier Automata action RPG games. Mm. So is this... 
uh, a pure action game or is this an action RPG? Well, since they are contractors and not actually game designers, I think that this probably has a producer of some kind that made I want the game to look like this and it should be like this and it has these looks and it should play like this and Platinum sits there, yeah, we'll fix it. Yeah. Like they did with everything else. Yep. Like, for example, with Near Automata, when uh, they sat there and they had made the game, and um, then that Jokotaro, uh, the guy that is actually the producer, just sits there and goes like, "Good job, guys." Otherwise, if you look at the other side of the spectrum, they worked on Metal Gear Revengeance, mm. but they were not the first contractors to do so. Mm. They came in and looked at the game, and the game they worked on, or were supposed to be working on, was trash. Utter trash. And then they kind of saved it. And that's sort of where they earned their monker from. Like, that Platinum is that one game uh, com- games company that you always hire mm. as contractors if you want a really good fight, uh, fighting system. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't know. I think that the cool red things from the back are cool mm. and that if you can like wield any weapon from any boss or yeah. like weapons that you otherwise could not see a tiny human person wield yeah. could be pretty cool. It's going to be interesting to see if it's more like a gimmick or if it's more like a gameplay mechanic. Like if it's something integrated into everything so you can sort of like steal enemy weapons or something. Uh, based from the trailer I have no idea though. I mean... The gameplay, moment to moment gameplay, it seemed like it could be more like a pure action game with maybe new weapon unlocks and stuff. I didn't really see anything that said like, oh, this is like a stats heavy game or anything. Oh. It could be really cool if this is like a Platinum's stab at the, the Souls yeah. genre. Like, yeah. I maybe. mean, it, it's for sure possible. Mm. Um, so next up is uh, Predator Hunting Grounds, which is coming out April 24th, 2020, which is the next game from the creators of the, uh, the Friday the 13th game, which, uh, they made with it. Have you heard the story of how that game happened? So around the same time, there were two Kickstarters, one for an official Friday the 13th game Mm -hmm. and one for a game called Summer Camp. Summer Camp was obviously the cooler game, mm-hmm. and the, the official game was cancelled, and they took Summer Camp, and they just made it an official Friday the 13th game. Right, right. Um, this is also where Dead story. by Daylight was spawned. Mm. Uh, not that it's what's made by the same guys, but the idea of it all was mm. spawned from this. Mm. Um, so... Sadly, like, I think it was last year, um, the, the creator, the... Well, someone who was like related to the original Friday the 13th movie was able to grab the rights mm. to the franchise and he um, he didn't allow the team at Ilphonic to keep making the game. Wow. Uh, so the game had to be cancelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it, it was out already, obviously, yeah. but like they weren't allowed to make any further changes mm. to it. So now they got this deal with uh, 20th Century Fox, so they're making this Predator game. And it seems like they actually have a budget this time mm-hmm. because the first game was extremely buggy and yanky. Yeah. So I, it, it looks, this, was, this looks, like, uh, looks like a way better game. 
Yeah, I think they, uh, it shows that I learned a lot. And since they are like evolving on the genre they already are familiar mm. with, it should be like a, a more technically proficient game at least. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's interesting. I really love the the, the franchise, the Predator franchise. Um, I have only I'm more not so much the Alien versus Predator th- stuff. That's sort of I'm more of, as I said more. What's the, getting, like, what's the story school. behind that? I don't know. Like why is why is there like Alien and Predator and then it's they just, did oh oh there's these cool franchises comics. Yeah, so. It's <laughs> comics. It's always freaking comics. Yeah. It's comic crossovers. It, yeah. That's where all the stupid ideas of Wait, so ha versus ha comes from. So, so Alien and Predator officially takes place in the same universe. Yes, like yeah, with some retconning, of course. Yes, okay. <laughs> it was sort of like, oh, guys, we have this franchise that's sort of cold. We have this franchise that's sort of cold, but they have big like nostalgia factor. Let's just boop mash them together and then, create some horrible movies. Yeah, the same company made. Um, comic books for each one of these uh, franchises, uh, the, both the Predator and the Alien one. And then uh, when that stuff expanded back in the day of the comic book era of uh, the massive, the biggest uh, penis measuring contest ever <laughs> of I'm going to make a bigger, badder thing. Like I'm going to make the, the Alien King and mm-hmm. he's bigger than the Queen and yeah. stronger than the Queen and all that stuff. It's weird. They have four tails. Yeah, and yeah. that's the weird kind of stuff. But then people started to be like, we got the franchise. We, we, got, we got the things to make an Alien game. Uh, we also got the rights technically then to make a Predator game. Let's make a combination of them as well, because they have made those comics. However, we will also need to have multiple different types of enemies. Mm-hmm. So what they go with is the comic book stuff. And certain people would just watch the movies of like Alien and stuff. They sit there like, what? Predators and aliens in the same thing? What? And they start to see these weird aliens that walks on all fours and have massive heads and people freak out. And then none of these games got really popular except for like the really early ones. Yeah, the first one. Uh, yeah. And then they made a movie of them. And that's where most people uh, got to know the Alien vs. Predator franchise yeah. structure. And I mean, it's 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 an okay, it's like a it's an interesting thing, but it's sort of like they they sort of. In my opinion, of course, it sort of taint the original intent of both franchises in a sense. Yeah. I mean, the the Predator one is, I think, the one, the first and second one that I'm, I'm most familiar with. They sort of, they have the almost like the the they they sort of have the one versus four kind of a thing almost down. Like if you just make those movies into a game, that's sort of what you get. Yes. Since you have the the really the military people who are really like stranded in an environment that they usually are the kings of that they control and then they have this ultimate foe that are sort of even more situated in that environment which arguably the first alien movie is also about yeah but then later on almost every single alien movie except for the third but let's not talk about that one uh, becomes swarm based more or less since then it's like Oh, a hundred goddamn aliens on this space station. Ooh, super scary. Mm. Yeah, I think the, the, the fun side with the Predator franchise specifically is like that you always have the, the hunter becomes the hunted kind of a, uh, a thing going on where 
like oh you were the top dog but now you're sort of just mm-hmm. the prey and that's sort of an interesting twist to see like these huge military hunks getting like penned in and like really threatened speaking of that I wonder how they will actually design uh, the marine structure, like when you play humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, how will that work in like, this game? I didn't really catch it. Is there like are, are they are there military personnel? The I humans don't remember, but I feel like, like I feel like trailer. this this game could be a lot more fun than Friday the Thirteenth because mm-hmm. in Friday the Thirteenth it's only really fun if you play as Jason. Yeah. And I hear, I think it could be fun playing as either side. Uh, hopefully you'll have it so that, like, as a predator, you're stronger, but you still have to be intelligent and smart, mm. because otherwise you can come, you can get to a position where you... You're probably also pretty limited to which weapons you use. The yeah. two only ranged weapons we've, we've seen is, like, the shoulder blaster, yeah. and that is presumably a limited resource weapon. Yeah. And then you have your chakram, which is mainly a melee weapon, but you can throw it. But when you throw it, it's a guided projectile. Yeah, yeah. So then you probably can't move while you're doing that. Could be. So you're probably the melee guy, and they are probably the guys with guns. Yeah. yeah. I mean, stealth will, of course, play a big mm. role. But... Um, so, yeah, it's coming out uh, April 24th, 2020. Uh, they also, the entire thing introduced with um, Untitled Goose Game coming to PlayStation 4. Heck yeah. Seventeenth. Hong Kong. Yes. Uh, it's a fun game. I played it on Switch, so I recommend it. Um, but you should probably get it on Switch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, got it go. So... Dreams will steal your heart. It's gotta be King- the Kingdom Hearts thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's I, the expansion it. for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah. It, there's an expansion for Kingdom Hearts yeah, yeah, coming yeah. out on Valentine's Day. And none of year, us here so. on this podcast, as of the moment, are that big of fans yeah, of that no. series. I just see like a lot of uh, boyfriends and girlfriends being frustrated on Valentine's yeah. Day <laughs> next year because their significant other is sitting and playing Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. Good timing, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the next thing, uh, which I will let Freya talk about, uh, basically all by herself because I don't know anything about this game spell break. Okay. Um, you guys know Fortnite? No, no. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so in the battle royale scene and stuff like that, um, we at first got the big old Battle Royale, which was player unknowns Battle Royale, mm. and previous games on that uh, got their name from the Battle Royale mm. movie series. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> so how do you expand upon that idea? Truly, like 100 people versus each other mm. in a big old arena, and you just blah 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 kill each other my favorite uh, <clears throat> battle royale game is tetris 99 but yes, that's yeah. that's another thing to discuss yeah, at some other point this game is pretty cool in the sense that instead of just picking up a bunch of weapons you have um magicka style two different elements of magic uh, beat poison ice uh, lightning wind fire there's a bunch of them and you have a left gauntlet and you have your right gauntlet and depending on how you use these you can combine different spells into different types of other spells 
like, for example, any combination of the flame and the ice one will create steam. Any combination of the wind one and the poison one will create really big poison clouds. And that is an entire game not focused on just gun uh, disguised as spells. Mm. It's focused on mobility. Which is a thing I personally feel that mostly almost all Battle Royale games lacks. Like yeah. ac- actual thoughts of mobility. Because yeah, they're mostly based on the like mil- modern military shooter genre, yeah. which is more like it's, it's more positioning and sort of that. Thing. Yeah. I was so sad when Apex Legends thing came out and they removed all the interesting gameplay mechanics from yeah. Titanfall. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Titanfall is a really good example of a really good um, shooting game and why that would make a good battle royale game Yeah, is because it has the rock, paper, scissors structure instead of wall counters bullet, which is most battle royale games. It has wall counters bullet, momentum counters wall because you Mm -hmm. can just run around it Mm -hmm. or you can leap over it or whatever. And that is a thing that could be seen in Spellbreak, since a lot of the spells that you can use allows for momentum and allows for uh, new types of movement. More traversal. I, I, I would guess that sort of like having a... You get more verticality as well. Yeah, yeah. For example, one spell that you can have is rocks. And rocks mm. is more or less you can break the earth underneath you and whatever. But you can also do stuff like, for example, throw a massive boulder things. And throwing the massive boulder with ice creates an icy field around mm. it, allowing you to easily skate over it. Mm. So you could just lob boulders of ice along a road and just quickly escape. I saw that in Trader. That looked really cool, like the skating element as well. Yeah, like yeah. Like having like different traversal and possibilities. I think it could be really interesting. And it can turn like a slightly angled surface from a slightly angled surface to a ramp. Mm. And now you can just leap across it into mm. another building. It's a super cool idea that actually allows things to counter just hiding behind wall, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, and a bit more fast-paced, I guess, than something like Fortnite. Yeah. I'm still thinking about, like, I'm just, like, sad about the fact that we don't get a battle royale with huge titans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, imagine, like, the the last, like, few people in Apex Legends, mm-hmm. if you had the Titanfall mechanics, people would just have Titans and would be punching each other with yeah. huge Titans. It would be great. That would be awesome. Mech battle. Yeah. You, you can't ever go wrong with mech battles. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, Spell, Gray, Spell Break looks... Uh, it's not my kind of game, but it, it looks cool. Yeah. Uh, it looks unique. Uh, is it already out on PC? I don't know. I don't know, actually. It's coming out on PS4, at least, early 2020. Cool. Mm. So the next one is uh, Sub- Superliminal, mm. which is a really crazy, weird game. It's so cool. Yeah. I don't even want to consider how they actually program that thing. It's it's breaking my mind. Yeah, so I don't. it, it, looks, like, it looks like a Portal wannabe in a lot of ways. But it, they at least have this very interesting gameplay mechanic, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. But it's cool. Like and you just grab any object, and then you can make it larger or smaller. Yeah, and it's sort of also like the the storytelling style is almost in like a Stanley Parable kind of a 
kind of the the feeling you get of the game, this surrealistic kind of horror mixed with yeah, like the realization horror. Yeah, yeah. The realization horror genre is you know when anything looks normal, but in yeah. the end you realize, oh no, that meant this. Yeah, like. Yeah. From what I gather from it, you are some kind of telekinetic or psychic person or whatever, and it almost seems like a coma thing or something that you have to wake up from. Yeah, something. or something like you have these mental superpowers to make stuff weird, yeah. and they don't know where you are. So, according to that, um, yeah, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah, it's like a like it seems like this perspective shifting is sort of, It seems like a, a dreams kind of a thing where you're sort of influencing the world i don't know it's it's it looks really interesting looks really cool yeah uh i always love games that have a um, gameplay focused evolution like yeah. when things breaks the boundaries mm. of certain things yeah, i mean it's, it seemed that it had like a really interesting sort of like out of the box thinking necessary so you sort of make something bigger so you can crash through the floor so you can get sort of more like a it's not your standard just how to solve a puzzle kind of here's your puzzle box and then do whatever it says it's more like exploratory in that sense like oh i'm gonna see what happens if i do this make this bigger or smaller or it seems like much more like a, a playground sort of a puzzle game mm. um so and next up is uh paper when beasts. is it coming up uh, it just says coming out to PS4, so oh, okay. there's no date. Sometime. So yeah, uh, next up was Paper Beasts. Uh, it's an ecosystem game for PSVR, which it was like it looks cool, but I don't want to play it. It looks Physics like a demo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It looks like a tech demo. It's sort of no. Why? Why do I want to like when he connected the animal to the weird thing? Mm. These creatures are made out of paper, so yeah. when they touch the wet stuff, they can yeah. walk. Yeah, look, I made a, a road of sand up this hill. Now you can walk. Mm. Why? And also, like after you've seen such a such a revolutionary VR experience in New Half Life, like yeah. this looks old. Yeah, which is unfortunate, obviously, but like. That's kind of the same thing happened when Mario sixty four came out. Same yeah. thing happened when the iPhone came out. Like there is a there's a monumental shift that happens, and it seems like uh, half the new Half Life game is definitely the 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 monumental shift in in the VR space. So yeah, uh, let's not diss the fact that the paper aesthetic is cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's, it's, nice. it's looking good. Yeah, it's a yeah. Good looking game. But it's a tech demo. Yeah, exactly. It's That's a a, yeah, it's a tech demo. It's not, it's not a game. It's and not, it's yeah. just like, we've seen so many VR games be just tech demos. Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah. No, nope, uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least was a tease for Ghost of Tsushima, which mm -hmm. they are showing at the Game Awards. We finally mm -hmm. hear something from this game again. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they've been making this game since... Since Infamous First Light, which hmm. came out, so Second Ooh. Son was a was a launch window PlayStation Four game, yeah. and then the same year First Light came out, and they've been making this game ever since. Yeah, damn. From I'm done initiate one here. Like, what's the what's like the have they okay. like core gameplay uh, stuff? Quick run through. You're a cool guy. 
You're a, you're a samurai, more yeah. or less. Or la- rather, you're a warrior during one of the great Japanese eras. Mm. Um, and then you're in the middle of the God of War and you are more or less indoctrinated into becoming a, uh, a shinobi, a ninja. Mm. Uh, you become a... Like, assassin thing. Yeah, more like... Not specifically only assassin thing, also like intel guy. Mm. So it's a combination of uh, a really cool looking combat uh, mm. simulation, but also stealth. Okay. Like they have this, they have this like, they really made uh, this like, uh, this very anime thing of like, and then you stand and like one of you have just been cut in half. Uh, Like they've made that into gameplay, which it looks amazing. So most people uh, compare this to Sekiro uh, Shadows Die Twice because they both the trailers came out on the same day. Mm. Did it both come out? Yeah, like gameplay uh, trailers came out. Oh yeah, yeah. At the same day. Yeah, Sekiro was the second Sekiro was announced at the Game Awards and then. Tsushima was announced at the PlayStation Experience. Yes. So the thing is, most people compare the two. Like, oh, one is more like fantasy-driven, uh, you know, for, uh, from software's dark, gritty fantasy version of uh, that uh, that period of Japan. And mm-hmm. you play as a weird ninja guy, but you have a big sword and you fight anything. Uh, whilst in... Um, uh, the other game, uh, Shadow, uh, or Go, Ghost, Ghost of, of Tsushima. Yeah, Ghost of uh, Tsushima. In that game, it is a bit more down to earth, mm-hmm. but it has, as Dennis just mentioned, the really cool, weird anime stuff. Okay. Like, uh, you throw smoke bombs at someone's feet, mm-hmm. and they get disoriented, and then you stab them. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. And like you block a throwing star with your sword, and okay. stuff like that. But it's it's no magic and no, no... No, no, no. I don't think so. Okay, so it's more kind of... Okay, so it's more like a historical simulation. And it's beautiful. Kind of I think if there is any magic, they would probably do the Uncharted approach to it. Yeah. Mm. Where it's like... Okay, so it's sort of, yeah. yeah, you're you're experiencing it from mm. outside, sort of. Yes. Uh, cool. The game is beautiful. Like it is utterly gorgeous. Yes. Like mm. people are speculating that it, it is actually not running on a PlayStation 4. Like yeah. it's uh, running on PlayStation 5. It is mm. also Which, if, if this actually is running on PS4, it is mind blowing. Yeah. It's a stealth game with vibrant color schemes. That's really mm. good. There's there's this one scene from I think it was the original trailer where you're standing on what's what's those trees called that are pink? Uh, a cherry Sakura? blossom tree. Yeah, like you're standing under one of those trees, and it's mm. like those those like leaves are like falling around, they're mm. covering the whole ground, mm. and every single leaf is like actually an individual leaf. Oh. So when you're moving around, like they're flowing around, and the oh, wind is cool. flowing, and the sun is in the background, and you're oh. seeing yourself and your enemy in like silhouettes. It's incredibly beautiful. Nice. Uh, one particular scene in the whole thing that I really remember from uh, seeing the trailers is this warm, really warm-looking scene where you are going through a large, like, uh, wheat field when you're sneaking about, mm. uh, and you're just, you're just walking around in your own vibrant colors. Mm. But the top part of all your stuff is almost the same color as the actual, mm. like, wheat. Mm. So when you walk about, you are not actually seen that well, mm. and then you sneak up this big old pagoda house and then you kill some guys in mm. 
cool, glorious anime I mean, combat. The lighting seemed to be amazing in yeah. that game, oh, and yes. like the physics, the, the like the physics-based like uh, simulations and stuff seemed really mm. well done as well. What I'm really excited about is that this is a this is like a, a samurai like very Japanese style game where with very like western influence uh, influence development like cowboy-esque duels as well so it, it's in, i don't i don't mean like western in that way i mean more like like it, it definitely feels like a game that was made in in the west yeah like so it's more like where... a reverse dark souls so instead of a, a eastern production company mm. looking at the west sort of yeah. history and, and influences you sort of have a western company doing the same yeah thing. and it, it also doesn't feel like it, it's westernized like it doesn't feel like it's a it's a hollowedization of something mm-hmm. it, it feels genuinely like you could tell someone like yeah this was made in japan mm-hmm. and they would probably believe it uh, but at the same time you can see how uh how sony is treating this game the same way they would treat The Last of Us or Uncharted or God of War with a lot of fucking money and a lot of production and a lot of time, a lot of care and a lot of uh, letting a creative person create something like like create his creative vision and Mm -hmm. not impact it. Yeah, Yeah. I think it looks really good. I'm. I'll have to see more like what the actual gameplay is before I can. And the, the gameplay is usually split up in two parts: yeah. the stealth sections, and also where you kill like a multitude of people, mm-hmm. and then these almost co- cowboy-esque samurai showdowns like... when it's you against one single other person. I do love cowboy-esque showdowns. Mm. Yes, I do love those. Yes. So it looks very cool, and we're going to see the rest of the trailer at the Game Awards. Which happens later tonight for us right now, but uh, uh, it will already have happened, obviously, when this comes out. So, very cool. Uh, so let's get into the indie world presentation. Oh, cool! Oh, oh, just dreams. Also, they. Oh yeah, dreams. Oh yeah, dreams. Here, your biggest no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. well. Yeah. Oh yeah, dreams. Oh yeah, dreams will steal your heart. That's probably oh, that's the dreams. one. Okay, the dreams. Game. Right. Yeah, yeah, so cool. the 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 Kingdom Hearts expansion is not even listed here. Oh. Yeah, dreams <laughs> looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's like that's sort of like the since we're well game developers, it's mm-hmm. sort of like the, the our wet dream, I think, in that sense. Yeah, it it is literally planet taken to the absolute extreme. Yeah, and without that, the, without the forest uh, yeah. visual style. Mm. Yeah. And remember that Dreams has been in development since 2011. Yeah. When they released Little Big Planet 2. Yeah. That's insane. It is crazy. Uh, they've been making this like this game was initially announced for PlayStation 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, it seems like it's for sure it's chose because, I mean, as far as the experiences they have been able to craft mm. for the demo, I mean, just the, the multitude of styles and like everything, how you can do everything. It seems. Yeah. Also, like there, the way you sculpt models in that game yeah. is actually very revolutionary. Oh, yeah. Like you can, you can, gra- you can create like a shape of something, and then you can copy it and paste it into other things, and then it like creates a new model out of all these shapes. Yeah, it's like that kind of thing is very hard to do in real 3D modeling programs oh, yeah. and they just do it so effortlessly in, in Dreams. And just like how high resolution or something, like how 
how high resolution the meshes must be, but mm-hmm. still that it's running that well. This yeah. that optimization must be insane. And, and there, you can animate them yeah. properly. Like the game just automatically applies animatable yes, anomaly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, skin uh, weight. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't what's know. It called an anatomically and anatomy, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and also, they've also said that they uh, they've created their basically their own basic version of GarageBand, yeah. so you can make music and you can do sounds and everything. Yeah. And like I've uh, I said this before, and I said it's I've said this multiple times before. I don't think this should be a PlayStation Four game. Yeah. I think they are wasting the potential of this this product yeah. by place by putting it on PS Four. They yeah. could put a client on PS4 where you yeah. can play the games, but I think this should be on PC. Yeah. Um, where, and like, because if you have, right now, there are level creators like Mario Maker, yep. and there is real game development. And yeah. in the middle, there are things like RPG Maker. Yep. And if, if they place dreams in this space, they could create a new era of the step between Mario Maker and game and game development. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like if if it is as like we'll see for sure. Like when when it's dropped, so we can see like the feature set and like how everything works, like how well fleshed out they are. Because like as some as, as you realize, like some of the some of the time since they have had so much time and effort to spend on on doing these things, it's sort of like how much time you had to invest in Little Big Planet to make the really amazing stuff mm. it's sort of like so depending on how easy and how good stuff you can make easily in dreams i think will be a big part of how successful it will be in that space but i think for sure like if if it's as powerful as it seems like i'm, I'm mm. sure they will expand on it yeah and like, like a, you could you could let people actually export the game yeah and like you could sell the games yeah like yeah. It, it is yeah i I have, that's that's my only thing with dreams. I am just very, very afraid that Sony, who is very, they're very focused on making things for PlayStation, yeah. that they are going to ruin the potential of this game. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a, there's a chance for that, and I think like in general, also like how are they gonna make back the investment of actually like developing this game because mm. they, it has to have had like a huge budget. Like yeah. when you see how long it's been in development, and like the, as you said, like the tool sets that's been created and stuff, it's sort of mind-boggling. Mm. I look forward to see what type of um, what type of support this game will have in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. what is the what is release dreams versus dreams after a year? Yeah. Uh, will anything change? Will it add stuff, uh, or is it just like updates, mm. whatever? Because yeah. If this thing works, they could easily just port it over to the next system they have. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, no doubt, Dreams is coming to PlayStation Five. Yeah. yeah, there is no way Sony would let that investment just stay on a console that is being replaced next yeah. year. If anything, like, d- does it even? Oh yeah, it's coming out February fourteenth, twenty twenty. So, That's no way. Wait, so that does that mean that? Kingdom Hearts is not coming out February 14th. Uh, I am this very is, confused. Yeah, right. I, anyway, whatever. It's uh, but yeah, I I 100 think that Dreams it's coming out way. 2020. Yeah, soon <laughs> trademark. Yeah. Soon. Okay, so let's move on to Indie World. 
Yeah. So first of all, the most hype announcement in my opinion, which was Sports Story. Oh yeah, I love Golf Story. It's a perfect evolution of Golf Story. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. It's sports, the game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they still like the base mechanic still seems to be very much sort of you hit a thing and the ball reacts. Mm. The the big difference now seems that you can actually do more like the reactionary. You, something gets thrown at you and then you react by punching it. Mm. And a little bit with the football that you can run with it, I guess. Uh, so it's But I like it. It seems like a really good evolution of the system. And it seems like the thing that I, like I, I latched onto the most in the trailer was probably how much more like interactable the environment seemed to the things you were doing. So for example, you, you had like this area where you were supposed to knock out the like the security cameras with a golf shot. That's sort of a thing that they explored in the first one, but now it seems to be that like a requirement for exploration is almost like environmental puzzle solving. Mm. Uh, I will be disappointed if this phenomena uh, of all sports combined is not mm. called sports ball. <laughs> yes. It's almost like Calvin Ball from Calvin Hobbes. Yes. Where you just invite... I really like the one where you basically had the the guy shooting the tennis ball to you holding a baseball bat yes. into a soccer goal. Yes. The sort of, the sort of really crazy stuff going and on. It's, there, so. And it's across a tennis net as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's yeah, like... Yeah. yeah, I think the, the, the possibilities are immense for that game. And I think... Yeah. Yeah, just getting the like, if they're if they're doing what I hope they're doing, that basically is just polishing and making sure that the like the exploration of the overworld is even more fun than the first one. I think they could have like a, a slam dunk yes. for sure. If they have basketball, that is. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't show the basketball. Maybe it's like a DLC or something. <laughs> so uh, next up we have um, let's see, uh, Streets of Rage Four. Heck yeah. Nice animations, but I, I have actually no connection to that. Yeah, franchise. I haven't played Shout Street out Bridge. to Matt, who works on the game. Yay! Hey, Matt! Uh, what, I, what I really like about their the games from this studio, they're, they're making Street Rage 4, they also are making... Uh, what's that? Frisbee game? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no, no idea. Bank. Yeah, um, no idea. Yeah, it's more or less tennis, but to death with murder frisbees. It's cool. Oh. Windjammers. Windjammers. Windjammers too. That's the name. Nice. That's the one. Um, Which is an awesome game. I'm just having a big old mind blank. Um, and they also they also did uh, did they do the remake of Wonder Boy or did they do the new game? They did one of the okay. two. Yeah. Uh, basically, what they're doing is they're doing these like classical style games, but they don't use pixel art, which I'm mm. like, thank you. Pixel <laughs> art is so overdone yep. right now. You I just want to see games with like full resolution artwork. Yeah, yeah, they have heavy static 3D models, which is that they don't animate them fully in, th- in like 30 or 60 frames per second when it comes to the actual fluid, li- the fluidity. The- fluidity of the animations mm-hmm. however they do it in separate stages like for example for the new character that we saw today mm-hmm. uh, on this uh, on the indie mm-hmm. uh, 
he has static movement, mm. which is that he has like actually just six different poses mm-hmm. through an, through one entire attack, which emulates the same movement back in Streets of Rage. Mm. But now he has, as Dennis mentioned, full resolution actual model and 3D mm. structures. Mm. It's a perfect feeling from the old Streets of Rage, mm. but it's a new, better look. Yeah. Mm. And the new uh, actual proper 3D models. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just really hope more games stop doing pixel art. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got its place, and the mm. I think the mo- the biggest pro of just pixel art is that it's sort of it's l- low like low cost to make as well. Mm. You can do it faster, and you don't have to be like a master illustrator to be able to to craft yeah. it. But but yeah, I, I agree. It's it's. It's more like if you look at uh, Ori in the Blind Forest and those kind of games, that more like a painterly or more artistic art style, I think. Like, like I think that there's something astounding with really good pixel art. Yeah. Like, you did this in pixel art. And the first thing that you think is like, whoa, you are really good at pixel art. And the second thing you think is like, yeah, the guys who did Blasphemous, mm-hmm. who made a really good-looking uh, pixel art game, mm-hmm. why didn't they just make it in, like, with hand-drawn animations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, if you look at a game like Owlboy, yeah. mm-hmm. that game, like, that game has such high-resolution pixel yeah, yeah. art that why didn't you just draw it? Yeah. Like, why didn't you just draw it? Like, it would be easier to draw this yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. than to do it in pixel art. But, I mean, art. it's like an artistic choice. And yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's... it's I. I sort of, uh, as the as old codger in the in the group here, I think yeah, I, I still appreciate a good pixel art game, but yeah, I do agree that it's overused, it's yeah. oversaturated, it and I think is. it's hard to stand out if you're doing a pixel art game. So yeah, I agree, it's better to to sort of skew towards the more like painterly artistic. Mm. Speaking of pixel art games, Axiom Verge Two. <laughs> oh yeah, near and dear to my heart, at least. Uh, I love the first one. I think I played a little bit of it. Yeah. But it's not your kind of game, really, is it? I mean, it's a Metroidvania. Yeah. I like Hollow Knight. Ah, true, true. Uh, but I played it on back when it was only on PS4, mm. and I, it didn't feel like a place where I wanted to play it. No, no, I can see that. It's like, it's for sure, like, it's more old school, it mm. seems, in its decision-making. Although, like, the, the cool thing is how interesting and fluid the weapons are in that game, and, like, mm. how different they feel from one another. So it's be interesting to see what he does to like evolve the concept in a sense. Um, because what we saw in the trailer, I feel is sort of more like it's building upon like slight tweaks to the things we already saw in the first Axiom Verge, but then they hint at this sort of like when when he goes into the rift and it sort of gets the jittery kind of error message kind of a oh. looks. Um, it's sort of... It hints at that there's going to be a whole different layer to the game that they're not showing right now. It will feel like it earns the name Axiom Verge 2. Yeah. Mm. In the sense that it will be sort of the same game, yeah. but they will now feature a whole new thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they go with the approach of basically starting from scratch again, so you have to find all the power-ups again, or if they will start you off in more like a further along state where you have some of the unlocked abilities already from the start. A Metroid fusion. Yeah. Exactly. That's a weird reference. <laughs> There's a lot of other games that I could have referenced. Yeah. <laughs> so next up was Dauntless. 
which is uh, a Monster Hunter style game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard mixed things about it. So, sort of what I've heard so far. I haven't played it myself, but I heard sort of it's like a jankier Monster Hunter. Mm. Without certain artistic it does, has a, it does an interesting art style. Mm. It's more like Fortnite-ish. Yeah. Um, it will look a lot better than Monster Hunter within 10 years. However, yeah. people will not play it in 10 years. Yeah. yeah, It's the kind of art style you do when you can't do photorealistic art. Yeah. It, I mean, it's... it's Photorealistic has its place and cartoonish has its place. Yeah. yeah. However... A lot, of, a lot of studios use it, though, because they can't afford or can't do yeah it will look a lot better yeah, kind of but i think also it's like I, I think this like it's the thing that's sort of in right now sort of almost the the sort of more stylized not really pixar but sort of inspired by that it's sort of like a, mm. i think it's just so hot yeah like, i think people resonate with that style but right now it's also because it looks really cool oh yeah mm. i mean if it's, it's done well yeah yeah it's sort of, and as you said, it's sort of easier to make the assets as well. So it's sort of like, it's a cheaper option to make things look really good. Uh, the one sad thing about a lot of games, especially Dauntless, since Dauntless has, as with most other games that chooses to be like this, uh, they have these extreme armor sets, like in almost every other, mm-hmm. let's go as a group and kill the big beast and then skin them and, yep. you know, get new armor and whatever. And also just MMORPGs. Mm. Uh, like and, and don't mean like World of Warcraft also. I mean like any type of we are 10 people. Mm-hmm. We're going out and doing cool things. Um, they usually have big old grandiose armor and weapons and whatever. Uh, but they don't do the thing that a cartoonish art style allows you to do. Mm-hmm. Which is they can make overly extreme character designs. Mm-hmm. Instead they leave it open so that anyone can feel cool with their mm-hmm. thing. They don't do that. Hmm. Or rather, they do the open thing. Yeah. They don't go for like, oh, you can make a guy that's proportioned like a freaking Dorito. Yeah. When they could do that. Yeah. And also animations. I think they sort of, they, they skip a bit on like get, uh, being able to do some of the more like squash and stretch and sort of yeah. like actually playing around with the scale. Sort of like they do in, in Overwatch. Uh, mm. But you could always do it more extremely since yeah. it's more like cartoony. Yeah, Overwatch is, is an example of this kind of art style that is just very well executed. Yeah, because they use all of the like tools at their disposal. Oh, so because it's this art style, we can do this and this. Then let's do it. Sort of learning from the masters. A lot of like classic Disney animation uh, techniques are used. In fighting Overwatch. games have always used this in yeah. that they have. Some fighting games try to be realistic, mm-hmm. and well, they do their thing. But uh, other games, like, for example, if you look back at the PS3 era, uh, you have Street Fighter 4. Mm-hmm. Street Fighter 4, you have stuff like characters move their arms in ways that humans oh, yeah, are not yeah. supposed to be able to do that. Yep. And stuff like this person's hands are grotesquely large according to their head size. But that allowed you to have actually really impactful momentum. And I don't see that in Dauntless. No, no, it's sort of like, but it's sort of a smaller studio, I think, and, and like, yeah, it yeah. does take a lot of extra time and just skills in doing rigs and stuff to be able to do the more squash stretch. Oh, yeah. Or mm. So, I get it. Uh, so, next up is the Talos Principle Deluxe Edition, which I've seen this game multiple times, and it has never brought me in. I it mean, looks yeah, boring. Yep. And it looks boring to play. But that's the problem. It's like almost looks like an unreal kind of demo scene. Yeah. 
it's just the, the art is so boring. Yeah. It's so bland. Like yeah. Portal is a game that even like obviously the gameplay looks cool, looks mm-hmm. fun in Portal, but even like the art, like the 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 world looks mm-hmm. weird and yeah. intriguing. Um, that you you're pulled into it, yeah. but like this just looks bland. Yeah, but I mean uh, to sort of sing some of its praises. I played some of the game, uh, but as I stated earlier, I have a little problem with motion sickness from 3D games, and this was unfortunately one that I can't play for extended periods. Mm. But the story and the actual like character development and the puzzles are really amazing in the Talos Principle. It's a game for people who, li- who like to lean back, sit on a couch, perhaps with someone else, and try to solve these puzzles. Yeah. Mm. It's not a game for a person that wants to sit down and have a really good time with their game. I mean, but then it's... I would say The Witness does a better job at that. Yeah, but The I world mean... is beautiful, yeah. and I remember, like, I remember playing The Witness and then like uh, someone coming by and like, Oh yeah, like and I like try to explain mm-hmm. like the basic rule set, and then we would like try to f- solve these puzzles. Like, yeah, I thought it was just way more effective. Yeah, I mean it's not like it's more like a it's almost like a three D programmer art game because it seems like they use a lot of assets that they just gone that they can that they could use. It's not like it's sort of like um, the main focus of that game is not the not the the art styles of it. That's the, it's sort of like the game that you have to discount the surface and almost just go into it for the more like narrative and puzzle experience but uh, it's it's a hard sell i mm. think but hey now you can get it on ps4 if you want it switch, switch. Mm. yeah yeah <laughs> i think it's already right. right. yeah, yeah it's, it's ever, i think it's, it's everywhere probably. yeah you can get it on the switch now yeah yeah you can play it wherever you want you can be boring wherever you want <laughs> i guess not, not to keep bragging on this game but i hate when games come to a new platform and they just call it the deluxe edition but is I just there want I new? just want it to be clean. Oh, like, you don't like the yeah, it's just the like ultimate climax yeah. second edition yeah, coming. I th- yeah, I think like a hat in time did this too. Like I just wanted to say a hat in time, not yeah. like a hat in time special edition or Nintendo Switch edition yeah. or whatever. Like just just say a hat in time, please. Like yeah. I want it clean. I, I guess they want to like punctuate that they sort of have more content. But I agree, mm. it's like eh. yeah. Uh, next up is the survivalists. So as we were talking about pixel art before, yeah. this is an example of uh, when they do pixel art, but they don't understand how pixels work. Yeah, you love it, right, Dennis? Tell us about it. <laughs> Your love for this art style. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I think I, as, as when we were discussing, I like I like the the idea of it, but I agree with the detailed complaints you have, like for example, with the. Uh, the pixel scaling differentiation between the objects and stuff. And that's, yeah, that's a big no-no. But I, I think it's kind of effective. It looks interesting. Uh, the pop-up book look is cool. Yeah. Uh, pixel art um, is pretty good for most of the survival type games, mm-hmm. since it usually allows you to at least go in for in the XY axis. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that one is all you need in a survival game yeah. like this. However, I fully agree. It's a thing I am really annoyed by by most games that does it, where the pixel size are different. Yeah, I heard you when you were uh, explaining pixel art to the first year students. Mm. You really, really underlined this part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. which made me happy. Yes, I mean it's so important for cohesion. Otherwise, it just feels like it's two different games. It feels like it's a bad art. Not even like RPG Maker. Like and it, mm-hmm. it seems like a person picked up Game Maker, mm. didn't know how to program it, 
and just threw in cool assets. They oh found. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just bought assets and they had different scales and stuff. Yeah, like this. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's sort of yeah, it, it makes it seem sloppy, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah, looks uh, sort of unprofessional, but this game will sell. Mm. It's a survival game where you can craft stuff and make mm-hmm. your own houses. People mm-hmm. will buy this game. I like the monkey programming aspect. It seemed interesting. Yeah, monkey bodies. Uh, next up was Gleamlight, uh, which is a case of uh, a good art style. Yes, but. Not great animation. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's it's sort of a shame. It's sort of it seemed like um, as 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 you said when you compared it to the the Hollow Knight art style. Yeah, like more like just like a, a traditional um, just bone rigged animation instead compared to hand. Frame. Yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. hand drawn. From the developers of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Yes. Oh. What? what? So so it's supposedly. It can have really good gameplay. Yeah, but like Bloodstained looked really janky as well, though, yeah. animation-wise. Yeah. So mm. it's sort of understandable. They don't seem to have a good anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, they do, and maybe they will listen to the, this podcast, and maybe oh God. they will just drag your name and dirt. Uh, uh, please come and teach us for yeah. a while. <laughs> I mean, uh, just, a, just a quick reminder. Like, yeah. I mean, if we... Uh, this is a podcast and sometimes we'll be like exaggerating for comedic purpose or whatever yeah. when we talk about a game like and it's never anything personal if you've made one of these games and we dragged on it like we don't hate you as a person yeah. we don't like just uh take try to take uh, the the feedback in a positive light and try to improve and, and be better come at me give me the the worst stuff yeah. whatever Except yeah. Freya, she she will be yeah. she will kill you. If yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she will. Yeah, I'll put the straw through your neck. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> um, but it, w- one of the things that I thought was a weird thing to note in 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 the reveal for Gleamlight is that they said that the game doesn't need a UI. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was weird. That was the weird trailer I mentioned earlier. Like that trailer feels like it's really unprofessionally made because it's. It feels like a pitch trailer. Almost. Like in, they say like in this, but they, they say... It's like a setting uh, point. Uh, like you, you may be asking, where is the UI? It's like, yeah, I did not understand no, no. because it's a trailer. And yeah. there's like, in this game, you don't need the UI because we know what you think. And it's like, no. Mm, there's no. a lot of games that doesn't actually require a physical UI bar. Mm. Yeah. And it's not a new thing. Like, if their character glows red, if they're damaged, mm-hmm. or, like, if if their sword glows blue when they can do the special attack again, that's the UI. That yeah. is a UI. That's yeah. the user interface. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And I, but, I, but, I, but, I mean, I we have to wait and see, because, like, mm-hmm. Bloodstained, even though of its graphical shortcomings, is a really good game. Yeah. And this one could be as well, even though, it, yeah, it's sort of... Yeah, because of the animation, it doesn't give a, of a great first impression. Maybe they will look better in that? Yeah. I highly doubt it. A lot of people say that, but like when when they show it at this point, yeah. it's usually not and in it's, a finished state. It, it wasn't that far of a release date, right? Mm. I don't know. Um, early 2020. Yeah, so... Yeah. 
Uh, next up was a game that intentionally has bad animation, and that's Skatebird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah! Actual Tony Hawk where you can play as Hawk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems interesting. I mean, the the love for it, what I saw online, was, was really... This is so thing. cool. <laughs> Skatebird is so stupid and amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. This is the type of games we need. Yeah. Like really stupid games that just does one thing really well. Yeah. It doesn't care if people will buy it or not. Mm -hmm. They will just make cool games. Yeah. And it seems like a love letter for, for something like uh, Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah. And Skate. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a friend who... He, there's one game that he loves. Mm. Well, no, he loves two games. It's Burnout Paradise, specifically mm. Burnout Paradise. That's good. Good choice. And, and uh, he doesn't like the rest of the Burnout franchise, just mm. Paradise. Mm. And the Skate franchise. Mm. What, uh, specifically one and two. Three is fine, but one mm. and two are the good ones. Specifically two is the great one. So whenever a new skateboard game is announced, I send a picture to him and say, hey, they announced Skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So. so that happened with Skatebird and yeah. also the skateboard uh, sport in uh, Mario Sonic at the oh. game. So. <laughs> of course, of course. Nice. <laughs> so I do this anytime there's a Skateboard game announcement. What's his thoughts on Skatebird? He, he, he does not like indie games. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Come on, Skatebird. You can get, give me my little... Tony Although, Hawk hat. To be fair, it seemed to be more like Tony Hawk in 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 structure than yes. Skate. Yeah. More like the the sort of you you go up a ramp, you do the trick, then you sort of yeah. you don't compose the tricks as much as seems. Yeah, that's also a thing. Like if you if you tell if you tell him if you tell him like, oh look, it's it's a skateboard game and it's mm -hmm. more based on Tony Hawk than Skate, mm -hmm. he will not be happy. And yeah. I love doing that. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are such different styles, just how you approach the game. Yeah. One is more like a, a, like a trick sandbox. Where you I, sort I of hope they will side. have punk and ska in yeah. this one. <laughs> Solely due to the fact that I want that, I want this game to just be Tony Hawk. In disguise. Didn't they say something like the 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 sweet lo-fi beats or something like yeah. they were gonna have some chill music things coming on? Maybe they did. I don't know. And tiny clothing. Oh yeah, it's... tiny clothes. Of course, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you have to have the the pre pre word of, of tiny there. I love how it it just looks like it's a. Uh... It's a bird like asset that just got online yeah. and didn't bother to to animate it. Yeah. Just standing there, <laughs> yeah. looking straight ahead while he's Although going to the he left. Did, he did the like he did the the beak kind of going down when he did the the grab tricks. Mm. So that was really nice. Um, so next up was Bacon Switch, which that game like I don't really get what it is. Yeah, it's yeah, I was super confused. It was like get something into the oven. Yeah, right. it's one of these games where um, there's a multitude of these games where you play as a chef in yeah. the kitchen. I would and say I would call this an overcooked like. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this sort is of. an overcooked like, except now it's versus. Mm. Yeah, and it seemed like it's sort of it seems like the more chaotic sort of party game, more party gameish version of Overcooked, whereas Overcooked had more like a structure, a rigid structure on mm. top of it, and the the like the. The silliness happened within that structure. This seems more like, oh, throw things at each other. So I don't know. I'm more skeptical towards this one, but mm. we'll see. That's more or less all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to say either. Uh, Super Mash. This is a video game that makes video games. 
this is the natural evolution of that one g- uh, game uh, that was literally a game where you unlock game features. Yeah. What's it called? Oh, oh uh, DLC? No, not that one. Yeah, that DLC one. Quest? Yes. That yeah. is literally that you have to... You play the game to unlock... Yeah. Yeah, to unlock game features, and yeah. within due time, you go like you have unlocked 3D art. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like from a, I mean, the the potential for jank in each like mm. unique oh, yeah. game is so high, but there could be some interesting. It's almost like you know the one where you have the twelve thousand monkeys just sitting in typewriters in a room, yeah, and then. Like after five years, you get a Shakespeare novel or Shakespeare mm. play. Yeah. It's sort of that thing that you you probably will have to like do a shit ton of different like restarts of the games until you get sort of a decent one. This, so this, my, yeah, go, you, uh, no, uh, you, yeah. So so what I wonder the most is is this a game? Is this actually a game that makes games, or have they just created something for every every um, possible mixture? Yeah. I mean, as far as I understood it, it's like every time you even create the same, it sort of takes. It has a library of different stuff that is within each genre, and then it sort of picks different ones and then mashes them together. Mm. So, I, I, as far as I understood, even if you take JRPG and platformer. If you do it like a bunch of time, it will still spit out like different art themes, different names, different like storylines, different stuff that happens. We did actually see that a bunch of sprites looked like like they came from different things. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking of mixing art styles. Yeah, Jesus. I mean this this game is kind of intentionally. Oh yeah. That, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing. Well, they had to. Yeah. I don't. There's no way. A thing that I feel about this game that this is a game that uh, there's a lot of games out there that are just cool game. They added a DLC to it. Yeah. And it's just additional content. This is literally a game where you can just add another game genre as a DLC. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or like, update, we added wrestling games. Yeah, and it seems like, yeah, it seems to with the, the developer cards that you unlocked as well, like sort of that controlled the chaos. Yeah. I, uh, maybe you can like then more like cherry pick which mechanics are going into the games or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm for sure gonna probably buy it just to try it out since it seems like a really fun experiment, but I'm not, con- I'm not like, I don't, I don't think it is gonna be a really a, a good game. Sports ball sims. Yeah. Or it's like it's like Spore as well. Sort of these high concept games that looks interesting, but I don't think they will deliver in the end. Mm. But for 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 me as like a game developer, I'm Ooh, cool I, it's theme. really interesting. Cool idea. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna check it out, but probably won't be good. Yeah. So next up was Sailforth, which uh, is a procedurally generated uh, pirate game. Yeah. Which looks cool. Yeah, you build your fleet and stuff. I, I like the more meta elements of those games where you sort of, when you create an empire or build a fleet or yeah. that sort of thing, it, mm. it, it speaks to me. Sadly, most games that has actually allowed you to be like, you are a cool sailor, you sail mm. about and do cool stuff, mm-hmm. has sadly either been a part of another game, mm-hmm. such as Assassin's Creed Black Flag, mm. or it has been stuff like... Um, Sea of Thieves, mm. which is more like a multiplayer game where you run about as your group and you do stuff. Yeah. Um, this is the you sit back mm-hmm. and you can have your little RTS going mm-hmm. uh, where you control your little armada of yeah. ships. That is a bit more approachable, according to me. Yeah. I I I think it looks interesting. I mean, it depends on like I would like to see it go more like a Sid Meier's Pirates if we go back a bunch of years. Oh yeah. 
um, or you have sort of like the the open sea and you just do different quests and you have a, like a main storyline that you can follow or not. Yeah. Um, I think it could be interesting. Uh, we'll have to see. For me, all of those games sort of it depends on how the meta aspect is handled. Like, how is the base building? How is the the progression from mission to mission? Mm. Because that will hook me, or it will well not hook me. Basically, I'm a huge fan of the sort of you're you're doing a mission, you're progressing, you're building something better, you have more stuff now. Sort of the risk versus reward, that kind of a thing. Yeah, <sighs> I'm tired. <laughs> um, so next up was Murder by Numbers. Which is basically Picross and uh, murder mystery in the same game. Yeah, I mean, interesting depending on how they implement it. Mm. Picross, visual novel. Yeah. Yeah. If they do enough with the integration between the two, it could be interesting. But if it's only a visual novel interspersed with Picross, then I'm out. Mm. I'm not interested. Yeah, same here. Like Picross is pretty cool. Yeah. I like puzzle games. Mm. Yeah. But. If you're gonna put a bunch of anime characters in the front of that and yeah. tell me you need to pay attention to the to the story, yeah. and I I will gladly pay attention to the story, mm-hmm. but not if it's in the way of the one good feature in this entire game. Yeah. If it's cool. Yeah, I mean they need to do something Phoenix Wright esque for me. Oh, like yeah. they had to have some kind of good integration between the two. Otherwise, yeah. Not so uh, you're in luck because it was composed by the same guy who composed Phoenix Wright. Oh yeah, although the music is probably not what will hook me. They need a, a gameplay twist, <laughs> something to really, really get um, Yeah, so uh, next up was Liberated, which uh, was a comic book style game. You had yes. some cool, you had some accurate views on that one, Dennis. Mm. Yeah. They should not have gone with 3D. Yeah, so it, it feels like, like a lot of people have said, Comic Zone was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Why have people not made another Comic Zone? And it they were like, idea. let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I like Comic Zone. It looked more interesting than this. Yeah, but it, it's like, uh, it, it, it's like how um, back in the day they made South Park games, but mm-hmm. then they made South Park Stick of Truth, which actually looked like South Park. Yep. And here it feels like they're making this really cool uh, graphic novel game, but then they have gameplay that doesn't look like a graphic novel. Yeah, more like Inside or something. And I, I'm I'm mainly worried about pacing as well. Like they have the the sort of like the really heavily like com- the comic zone. It was like the framing was the comics, but like there wasn't much like narrative done within the comic panels it was more like a short intro then you were into the action and then they had some cool interactions with a comic book thing where you could break through pages and that sort of a thing mm. i didn't see any of that here it no. was more like you you were had a a really like fixed just a comic book narrative yes no choices that sort of thing and then you mm. get like plunged into an action sequence yeah and it's an awesome idea to make a game that is apparently a comic book when you do it yeah. Uh, however, they they should have added some at least at least some reason as to why the gameplay is made in a comic book, mm-hmm. otherwise than just a visual presentation. Mm. Yeah, that's a cool thought thing as well. Like as, as like with Comic Zone, like that it's actually like also breaking the fourth wall where you're actually a comic book artist going into a comic, 
and then they sort of play around with that thing and you're sort of like oh you why are you putting me in this situation sort of a thing yeah it's only like a deadpool kind of a, a feel for that game whereas this seems more like it's only a like to tell the story they d- they aren't intending to actually like incorporate any of the comic book aspects into mm. the actual gameplay i sadly feel like this game will be forgotten I mean, it's it's it looks really good. It looks really yeah, really good. The art is amazing. Yeah, like, everything. The is thing really is, like good. the two D art and the three D art is yeah. both is both awesome in their own uh, aspect. They just don't. Yeah, they don't mesh yeah. very well. Yeah, I mean, they've done a great job into trying to make them mesh. Yeah, but it's just like uh, it's just like this little yeah. little space that yeah. they weren't able to. Cross. I think it's also like it has to do with like the like how much time they had to put into the 3D modeling and characterization and lighting and shading and stuff because it's hard to make like a a good like really good 2D shader. Mm. Okay. And we had a boyfriend dungeon. Heck yeah. Which mm-hmm. is uh I've been following this game for a bit. Dating sim dungeon crawler. Yes. I'm really interested. I think it's it's going to be Really, really good. I think it's it's also good from like a inclusivity perspective. It seems to be that sort of a game. So I think it's it's it looks good, and the gameplay seems it seems it seems decent. I think it seems like almost like a cat quest kind of a if if that's a reference to someone anyway. Like a, a, that sort of simplified, yeah. really anyone can pick up and play sort of dungeon crawl yes. mixed with like. A, so I think it's I think it could be good. It has the look and actually the gameplay. If mm. one has followed it, uh, they will know that the gameplay is also more or less pick up the game, you can play a dungeon, you can then put it down. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be pulled into it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the attraction is not only the... It's not simple, it's easy. There's yeah. a big old difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a good first uh, person's uh, first dungeon crawler game. Mm-hmm. But also cute guys. Yeah. That's never a bad thing. <laughs> uh, then we had uh, Dreamscaper. Oh, yeah, this one. I was so, like, a in two months. Top down shooter, brawler, and dungeon crawler. Yeah, it sort of had, like, this procedurally generated dreamscape levels and stuff. Yeah. I Like, at first I was sort of disinterested, but the more I looked at it, the more it seemed interesting. Yeah. It looked sort of like the the actual like gameplay sometimes seemed kind of janky, but at other points it seemed like it had a lot of complexity to it. So I'm I'm intrigued. Um, I don't really. I, it it had some cool visuals. I like that part mm-hmm. when I don't know if you were like going into a dream or going out of a dream and yeah. the world like oh yeah builds yeah yeah yeah. It, it was that that looked cool, but yeah, and I, I, I sort of some some of the gameplay things as well, like when you had like your day-to-day relationships factoring into your abilities in the dream world sort of i think it could be interesting um i would have to know more though it seemed like it could be either really really good or really really bad yeah yeah uh and then uh last up is odd world strangers wrath hd no comment yeah, they add that one game where you play as that one weird type of creature that has like four legs and you are the last one of them and it's a weird discussion on the corporate markets. And, yes. you, uh, and you shoot weird creatures. Yes, too. you w- shoot weird creatures. It's an old world you, game you, after yeah. all. You, you are a weird creature. You shoot weird creatures with weird creatures. Yes. yes. 
So if you guys like that kind of stuff, that's an old game that is now refurbished onto the Switch. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It seemed, I, I was never a big fan of the Oddworld franchise in general. Yeah, same. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. We've talked about... The great finish. <laughs> we've talked about the state of play and indie world. Yeah. So after this, how, how do you feel? How would you rank both of the events separately uh, next to the other events? Like, let's let's start with state of play. How was this state of, this state of play uh, next to the other state of plays before? Personally, I think this is the best one they've done so far. Yeah, I mean, as you said, like the pacing of the event and like how they showed stuff, not necessarily exactly what they showed. Actually, I take that back. Last one, last time they showed last was part two. So yeah, yeah okay. that, that, was, that one was better. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like, I, but it's, it's like I said, I think they like the formula is evolving mm. and it's getting to a better place. And I think they lo- sort of learn a lot from each other as well, because like the structures between like both of the both the indie world and the, like the, the state of play, they were really similar in how it was structured. Yeah, in state of play, like they tried their their own thing in the beginning, then they realized that didn't work and they just like copied more and more from Nintendo with Mm -hmm. every new new one. And now they finally realized that they need to announce their final announcement because otherwise people, because the thing of like the one more thing is so integral to announcement shows Mm -hmm. that you need to announce your last thing or people will be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of it's it's become an expectation, which is sad in and of itself. But it mm-hmm. it's sort of yeah, it's become yeah, part but of it. It's like when you watch a Marvel movie and there's not a yeah. post credit scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's something that has to be there for a. They've set the the precedence of that being there, and if you don't have it, it's not good. And it doesn't mean you have to have more announcements. No. You just have to announce your last announcement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like oh, and one more thing, kind of a yeah. yeah. And it's usually, it should be like one of your best announcements. Yeah. I mean, uh, like if you look at it from more an outside perspective, I also heard that during the Nintendo event that for some reason they wanted Smash characters announced. Like the the like I heard that the live chat uh, became kind of toxic with people. Oh yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's so it, with every <laughs> huh, with every Nintendo event. Regardless of what it is, yeah. people will be like, "Oh, they didn't announce. Uh, they didn't show Metroid Prime Four. Yeah. Oh, they uh, didn't <laughs> announce the next Smash character. It, this is an indie yeah, presentation. Indie what presentation. did you expect?" <laughs> then again, that by the way, one final thing yeah. uh, is the one moment where you can actually break away from the theme. So yeah, but you also don't want well. to do that because you're setting a bad prison. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, then you're going, oh, but look at us. We're mm. doing a cool thing. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, um, as more of like the the indie lover in this group, because I'm I'm I do love AAAs, but I've sort of I've steered towards more the shorter, more the bite sized. You can do it like a like have the shorter progression cycle as well sort of like in, in a lot of the like in the games now you have the like you start off with you're from zero to hero in like an hour yeah. basically mm. um, so for me uh, I, I found the Nintendo one to be uh, more interesting just because they had a lot of the games I was looking for so how, how do you feel like this uh, in the indie world was next to other indie presentations that they've done before uh, and this includes like Indie World and the previous names of them, which was Nindy's Showcase. 
Personally, yeah. I feel like the the first Nindy showcase is still the best one they've oh, done yeah. so far. Easily. That one was insane. And since then, they've been kind of disappointing. Mm. Uh, I I kind of expected to see Hollow Knight uh, mm. Silk Song yeah, in this yeah. one. And we a, lot, a lot of people did, yeah. Yeah. And I kind of doubt that they're even going to show the game, even though I think I feel like uh, Hollow Knight didn't really get its proper due until it mm-hmm. came to Switch. Yeah, yeah, I think also later like, it was a, it was a perfect platform. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that yeah, like as a show as on a whole, I think they had some really really good announcements from me personally. But if you look at it like over over like something else, I think mm. that yeah. Not the strongest show in that sense. But just for me, just for Sports Story and for Axiom Verge 2, they sort of made the show in that yeah. with those two announcements. Cool. Well, <clears throat> that was it for uh, this episode of Rebreak Radio. So uh, where can people find you if they if you want to be found? <laughs> they, they just can't. I'm not big on social media, actually. Uh, I'm at Twitter at uh, SaltyJob. That's my Twitter hashtag. I-, I draw stuff. That's about it. Yep. Cool. Uh, cool. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Dennis underscore Lofgren on Twitter, where I tweet about video games, uh, Apple, and uh, Taylor Swift. And I assume that most of you, if you follow me, you're going to have an exponential increase in tweets about those three things. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.